Welcome to It Pays to Fear God. My name is Anwetawa Nomarin, and I've got a very important topic for you today, captioned, And Dear Hardship That Good May Come. There is a very popular saying in the world, nothing good comes easy. And there's a reason why it is that popular. There really isn't anything important in somebody's life that can be achieved with just simple little effort. No, you have to work really hard for the big things in life. For example, if you want to be the CEO of a company and you're currently just working at the base, you have to work hard. You have to prove that you're capable so that your supervisors see potential and then you gradually get promoted and promoted until eventually you are the leader of the company. There are a lot of different things you have to go through. There's a lot of hardship because there may be envy building up in some people and there's just so much work you have to do but eventually once you achieve that it is worth therefore that hardship is the only way that that good can come and generally it could be on our physical bodies maybe we have to endure a lot of physical pain and suffering in order to get to somewhere important like Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali is one of the most popular you know, boxers in the entire world, but he didn't just get there all of a sudden. He had to work very hard. And one of his very famous quotes is based on that. He said that he hated every minute of training that he had to go through, but he reminded himself to not quit because he would suffer now and live the rest of his life as a champion. And even the Bible talks about how we need to labor in order to get profit. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23, King Solomon told us, in all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. And if you look at what Jacob went through in Genesis chapter 29 from verses 15 to 30, he had to work a lot in order to get Leah and Rachel. Now, he didn't really want Leah, he just wanted Rachel. But after seven years of work, he got Leah, and then he had to work another seven years in order to get Rachel. So you can see he had to work really hard in order for that good to come. But of course, this physical hardship that I'm talking about isn't really what the sermon is about. I'm talking about spiritual hardship, the hardship that really allows us to obtain salvation in the end. But before I really get any further in that direction, I want to ask a question that isn't necessarily related to this subject in particular, but it is very important towards the development of a Christian, and, you know, it, it might engage some interesting conversation in the comment section below. And that question is, what do you think it means to be born again? So you answer that, that question in the comment section below after, of course, you've watched this video. So, like I said, this video is going to be about spiritual hardship. Spiritual hardship is hardship that is caused by our, you know, spirituality, our relationship with God, our righteousness, and so on. And this spiritual hardship is going to be divided into two categories. One is physical hardship, and don't confuse physical hardship with what I was just discussing. This physical hardship that relates to spiritual hardship is about physical things that we go through as a result of our spiritual life generally. And then I'm going to be talking about the non-physical hardship that is caused by our spirituality, being, you know, the way our soul, our emotions generally are impacted, and so on and so forth. So I'm going to be talking about spiritual hardship here. 
So let's start off with an understanding of generally why we have to go through spiritual hardship in the first place. It's important we know why a Christian must go through that. Because the Bible makes us to know that every person who will want to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will have to go through persecution. St. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And also in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it also says that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So the question first is, why? Well, we do not live in a world where righteousness prevails. We live in a world that Satan the devil owns because he is the god of this world at the moment. If we read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 3 and 4 and 1 John chapter 5 verse 19, the world is under his sway as that 1 John chapter 5 verse 19 makes us to know. And Satan the devil has principles. He has generally rules that govern our lives. And those rules are not based on godliness or holiness. They're based on his own rules, sin, iniquity, and so on and so forth, contrary to God's principles. So therefore, if we play along with the world, then, well, life is generally easy for us. But if we decide to be holy and righteous and therefore different from the rest of the world, then we will be hated generally by worldly people because we don't act like them. We don't believe in the things they believe in. And Jesus Christ spoke about this in John chapter 15, verse 19, where he told us, If ye were of the world, the world would love its own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. We have to be able to endure that hatred, not really feel too depressed with how we are not really fitting in with everybody else in order for good to come. Because the Bible makes us to know and understand that when we endure that kind of hardship based on living a righteous life, then God will bless us good will come. If we read Romans chapter 8 and verses 18 and 28, St. Paul told us, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we shouldn't forget Psalm chapter 84 verse 11 where David the psalmist said that God will give those upright ones good things. He said, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. See also Psalm chapter 85 verse 12. So now let's get into how this physical kind of spiritual hardship works. And let's see how spiritual hardship plays out in our physical lives. So, if we look at David, for example, we can see how he had to go through hardship that, you know, affected his physical life because of his righteousness slash spirituality. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 16 from verses 1 to 13, we can see that God used Samuel to anoint David, meaning that God chose David to be king over Israel because King Saul wasn't really acting very well. For you, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. However, King Saul got envious, and in order to protect his kingship, he sought after David. So David had to spend a long time in the wilderness, from 1 Samuel chapter 18 all the way to chapter 31. 
He was chased everywhere. Death was never very far away from him because it was rather he was hungry or saw his people were very near him or whatever the case. And he wrote many psalms to explain how he felt about this. If you read Psalm chapter 59 verse 3, for example, he said, For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. And in Psalm chapter 54 verse 3, he also said, for strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. If you read the, if all places in the Psalms, he said this hundreds and hundreds of times. There were all kinds of people bigger than him, more powerful than him, who were fighting against God's will. So he had to endure all of that. But eventually, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1-3, to Guess what? He became king and he just left King Saul behind. Of course, he died in war and all that. He was able to inherit that good because he endured hardship. Same goes with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a righteous man, guiltless, if you read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. But if you look at the hardship he had to go through in Matthew chapters 26 and 27, you wouldn't expect somebody like him to go through all of that. And generally throughout his whole life, he was never really liked by many people. He was hated. He was ridiculed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and so on. No, very few people really listened to him and paid attention to him and so on. Very few people believed in him at that time. So he had to endure all of that physical stress and pain. And the author of Hebrews put it very well for us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3, which reads, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. So also Philippians chapter 2, from verses 5 to 11. So these are just a couple examples of how our spirituality brings us hardship that affects our physical lives and how, when we endure that, good comes. But we need to look at the non-physical hardship, the kind of hardship that doesn't affect our physical lives, but can still do, in a sense, damage to us if we don't pay attention and endure what we are going through. And let me just explain a few things so that you can understand how that really works in our time. It is building upon what I had already discussed. Essentially, like I said, Satan the devil is the god of this world. And in our time, if you read Revelation, it helps us to understand that the beast, which is the political system in this world, you know, generally the countries, the way people think that is worldly, carnal, just as how a beast doesn't have sense and so on. The majority of people in this world think like that because everybody is believing in political leaders and what they tell us. If you read Revelation chapter 13 and verses 3 and 4, big bodies and organizations in this world, people believe in them. They support them with all their heart, soul, and might. God used to get that honor, but because Satan the devil is trying to remove Generally, that belief that we used to have in God away from the world, you can see that those things are springing up. And that is why, generally, people don't love God as much anymore. They don't care about God as much anymore. And this was discussed in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many, the love that people had for God, shall wax cold. Therefore, those who want to remain spiritual and holy now have to go through more tribulation. 
people will hate you more because your ways seem outdated. They don't seem very fashionable. And that was why Jesus Christ said that in our time, there was going to be great tribulation. He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Because of the way the world has generally taken over spirituality and has begun to sort of suppress it a little bit, if we read Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 and 16, we now have to endure that. We have to stand with God and go through all the hatred that people have for us, generally how people will dislike us, how people will think our ways are unfashionable and so on. We have to endure that. And the Bible talks a lot about how we wait for the Lord, how we are patient for Him and so on. For example, if we read Psalm chapter 37 in verses 7 and 9, David said, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. See also Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And if read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, it also helps us to understand how when we endure, when we have patience, we will receive God's promises. There the author of Hebrews made us know, Cast not away therefore thy confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And there are many other quotations that help us to understand this. Even Matthew chapter 5, from verses 10 to 12, where Jesus explained how those people who endure persecution and so on are going to be blessed. And there he told us, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Like I said, there are a ton of other quotations that help us understand this idea that those who wait patiently on the Lord, they will inherit good things. And the ultimate good that we should endure persecution and suffering for is the kingdom of God, because that is going to establish peace and happiness and glory in this world. David the Psalmist made a very inspiring statement in Psalm chapter 145 from verses 10 to 13, where he summarized how the kingdom of God, when fully established, was going to take over the whole world and was going to stand forever, for Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. And there David told us, All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The kingdom of God is going to weed out the things in the world that have prevented us from living in peace, from humans working in harmony, from us generally living the life humans were supposed to live. God has appointed Jesus Christ as head and king over his glorious government. If we're in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1, and so on. And he is going to help rework the world so that righteousness will prevail once again. If we're in Acts chapter 3, from verses 19 to 21, and even Psalm chapter 72, from verses 1 to 19, where David described the kinds of things Jesus Christ would be doing. And if you read Jeremiah chapter 17, from verses 5 to 8, this gives us a summary of those who trust in God, 
how they will see good, how they how they will flower, and how the opposite will happen to those who decide not to. And there Jeremiah the prophet told us, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, that good being the kingdom of God, and so on and so forth. He shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and his hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I hope everything that I have just said here will help you to understand the fact that we should endure hardness so that good may come. And I will conclude this subject with, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, because that was where St. Paul pretty much hit it on the nail of the head, that we should endure hardness as a good Christian. He said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is where I'm going to end this subject. Endure hardship, that good may come. I hope that what I have said in this video has helped you to understand the fact that hardship is indeed good, especially when we should read places like Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 from time to time, especially if we are feeling kind of like the hardship that we may be going through is bad and, you know, we're just not really living the proper life. Hardship is good. It's healthy because it not only develops us, but it means that we are walking on a righteous path. And in that Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, St. Paul told us, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we think not. Have a great day and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.